Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Steve Hess, CIO at University of Colorado Health. In this segment, Hess talks about why he's a strong believer in going big bang versus a phased approach, his strategy to create standardized order sets across the system, and how his team is working to turn analytics into actionable clinical decision support. And what was the, the approximate timeline of uh, the go-live? It was about 10 months from kickoff to our first ambulatory go-live, okay. and about probably 16 months from kickoff to our inpatient go-live. So we first went live in our ambulatory clinics and went live with revenue cycle in our ambulatory clinics before we big bang the, the inpatient. So from kickoff to first ambulatory, it was 10, and then kickoff to hospital, it was 16. Now for our subsequent implementations where we took Epic across all the rest of the hospitals and so on, we pretty much big bang those, and that was ambulatory and inpatient. And about, you know, it was about a year from kickoff to go live for those subsequent hospitals. Okay. Well, judging from a lot of the things you said, it, you can see that um, that the plan was never to to do uh, do this in phases, and that it was, uh, uh, you know, just just for all the purposes you, you talked about, just made more sense to go big bang, and then kind of, you know, uh, after that, kind of deal with with anything that, that needed to be uh, adjusted. Correct. So there's no right or wrong way. Um, we do believe in the Big Bang, and the reason we believe in it is because if you don't actually have the Big Bang approach, you actually have to create a bunch of temporary interfaces, workflows, processes that then get undone when you actually go live with that. So. Often when you have a big bang, you allow everybody to kind of focus on the future, not have to create those bifurcated or temporary workflows, and then you go live, and it's scary, it's big, and there's a lot of change management, but it allows the entire organization's focus to be on that event, and then, you know, healing and getting to a better place after that, rather than this, you know, multiple ways, multiple pain points, bifurcated temporary workflows and interfaces and so on. So, again, there's been lots of people that have been successful with waived go-lives and, 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 and they've made it work and so on. But the, the belief that we have here at UC Health is let's rip the Band-Aid off and let's go big bang and then let's maximize the support at the elbow command center and, and get to the healing as quickly as possible. Okay, so now it, what's the status at this point? I'm across the organization as far as Epic. Yep, so we have Epic deployed every single clinical location across UC Health. So uh, there's not one single clinical area that's not on Epic UC Health. So we have, again, it's five hospitals. We have about 425 unique ambulatory departments. That's not physical buildings, but that's 425 uh, unique clinics. They're all on Epic, ED, OR, cancer, everybody's on Epic. We do have, um, we do have, we, we do host Epic for 41 independent clinics in the community as well. So we actually are hosting Epic for, for non-UC Health ambulatory locations. And we're beginning the conversation of, of hosting Epic for independent hospitals in the Colorado area. Okay. And then, then just being able to not not just host, but then also uh, kind of provide some some feedback or best practices to them. 
Absolutely. And then again, that's part of our strategy is to be standardized. Yeah. Easier said than done. And, you know, an academic medical center has very different processes than a community hospital. A community hospital has very different practices, workflows than a critical access hospital. But, but in essence, try to standardize as much as you possibly can. So think 80-20 rule where 80% of the workflows are the same across all those different kinds of, of care settings. 20% needs to be configured for that. And, you know, order sets are something that we've spent a lot of time standardizing. The nursing documentation across all five of our hospitals is identical so that, you know, a, a patient experience, a nurse who actually travels between the hospitals will have a very similar experience. Physicians will have a very similar experience. And the more we do around outreach and population health and telehealth, having that, that same foundation across all carriers is extremely valuable especially when you're dealing such, with such large volumes. Yep. Okay. All right. Another one of the areas I wanted to get into was um, data and, and, and analytics and, and what you're looking to do. And, uh, you know, I imagine that being, being an academic, it's, uh, that's another place where your strategy does have to be somewhat different. But uh, uh, if you could just talk a little bit about what, you, what the organization is looking to be able to do with analytics. Sure. So there's there's a couple of different angles there, and again, analytics is a, a never-ending journey. And um, you know, I, again, I don't think we're perfect or, or close to where we want to be yet, but we've made some good strides. So, first of all, we actually look at analytics as in tiers. And so, tier one is the kind of data that operational leaders need before their first cup of coffee in the morning. So that's the concept. What what information do you need to just have visibility into how the clinical or financial operations are running? Tier two is more of that that kind of unit or clinic level leadership. Then they want to be able to slice and dice the data a couple different ways to see what's going on. And then tier three is essentially access to kind of raw data that allows power users to be able to really almost answer any question. So we're really trying to move away from the concept of quote unquote report writing to the, the point of enabling analytics in such a way that people can answer hundreds of questions with the tools that we provide them, not just answer the one question that that report answers. So we're, we're still on that journey, making good progress, but you know that, that's something that we're, we're focusing a lot of attention on. So we're, we're turning, you know, report writing to analytics and then taking the analytics to the next level, getting more towards predictive analytics, trying to figure out what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, and so on. And that leads to advanced clinical decision support, turning, turning the data into information, into learning, and then into actions back in the EHR to help the caregivers day to day. So a lot of what we're trying to do is what I call closed loop analytics. Pull the data out of Epic, run it through the various algorithms, learning and so on, and putting answers or assistance back into Epic to allow the doctors and the nurses and the ambulatory care folks to be able to take action on that data in their workflows day to day. So again, analytics turning into more of the, the actionable clinical decision support. Obviously, big focus for us is on population health. We've implemented some patient management tools within Epic to watch over 
the risks of various patients for um, risk of readmission or for diabetic follow-up or congestive heart failure, those kinds of things. I wouldn't call it necessarily population health quite yet, but more of a patient management oversight lens follow up care on on a you know on the journey towards population health okay so a, a lot there and um i think what you said it right away about it being a never ending journey is something that that everybody can relate to and uh i can imagine that right now where we're one of the challenges lies is that everybody's kind of you know what you want to be able to do but just everything that's required to get there and all the you know maintenance to be able to, uh, you know, set up that infrastructure for really that, that closed-loop analytics. Absolutely. And, you know, getting data out and in to Epic is, or any EHR, is hard on onto itself. But really the heavy lifting of analytics, and I think a lot of times people gloss over this, is actually just defining the data and data governance kinds of things. Because... You know, on the surface, something like a length of stay or something like uh, what's a diabetic patient seems simple. It seems easy to be able to define, but the reality is, is once you pull back the covers and really see how people define what a diabetic patient is or what truly length of stay is, it, it takes a lot of work to actually come up with that data definition and then as a system trying to get that definition agreed to across three various, you know, regions, systems, and so on is not, not trivial by any stretch. So, there, you know, analytics or even, you know, one metric that you're trying to monitor is often a, a project onto itself and multiple iterations to the point where everybody accepts how the data is coming out, how it's being defined, how it's being visualized, and so on. So it's not trivial by any stretch to get data out in a way that makes sense for everybody. And, you know, I always call it the, it's almost like the stages of denial, where the first time we produce data, it's often just, you know, completely refuted. This data is wrong. It's, it, there's no way it could be that bad or that good. Or And, and often we actually have to work the 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 data owners or the, the person who's actually requesting the metric through the process so that they can see, oh, you know what, this is actually right. It's, it's, it looks like this because of how we're using the system or because how we define the system. And then you tweak it, make it better, and then you know, over time it becomes something that you can really rely on. But it's not trivial. It's not like you can just kind of lob a request over the wall, run away, and, and have a, a perfect metric given to you within hours or days. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, I think that you're right that that does kind of get glossed over. And, and what you said about governance, too, I mean, how is that something that, that you've approached us as far as that data governance strategy? Yeah, so um, it's really important. And, you know, what we've been doing is treating these metric requests, dashboard um, requests like projects, such that we have a project manager we have all the key stakeholders from all the different areas impacted. We have administrative leaders. We have physician leaders. And we just we use those groups to actually get to the point where they're signing off on data definition sheets such that, you know, the, the people that actually then are, you know, create the cubes, create the visualization, can actually use a standard, straightforward definition sheet. And, you know, where 
the the workflows of using the EHR such that the data coming out is actually flawed, we then use that same steering group to actually help modify um, the workflow. So we've been treating the um, metrics, analytics, dashboard initiatives like projects with you know very specific scopes, starts and ends, steering groups to actually get to the point where the, the data definition, the data governance is solid and consistent across UC Health. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.